You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. You know, Liv, even Winston Churchill refused to negotiate with the lion. <laughs> That's at least that's what uh, that's what Gary Oldman told me. But uh, he was a mumbler. He was a mumbler. Uh, hey, Liv. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Creed. <laughs> you want some cheesecake? No, 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 no. I'm fine, Mr. Creed. Hey, Betty. Let's get Liv some cheesecake. <laughs> Extra whipped cream for the lad, will ya? <laughs> Hello, and thanks for downloading the two. Sorry, Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal, Sanders. And I'm your good buddy, One-Eyed Liv. <laughs> and if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 149, the Happy Hanukkah edition. <laughs> Drink your gin and tonica and smoke your marijuana. <laughs> I obviously used to be um, very up on the Jewish calendar. Not yeah. only, not only did I have uh, personal reasons uh, in my past to do so, I had professional reasons as well. When I worked for the uh, ticket agency, uh, they were run by uh, various degrees of uh, Jewish men who practice various degrees of Jewish faith. There were a couple, uh, you know, casual reform. Uh, Jews and a couple of <clears throat> Orthodox, yeah, or at least uh, more conservative Jews, and then after after the uh, federal indictments, they all became uh, super ultra conservative. So yeah, I'm sure it did. <laughs> all of them that always uh, works, just like everybody finds Jesus when yes, right. yes, they they all found Yahweh. Yep. So um, who is they, they would. Uh, <laughs> they would all um they practice a lot of a lot of the holidays but as as we know even as uh as layman goy uh hanukkah is not one of the more popular religious holidays in in the jewish faith it's uh it's not more... like it's a bigger deal because because it gets a christmas you know yeah yes absolutely uh, it certainly it certainly ranks behind the big two Yes, it's not it's not as important on the calendar. It's you get socks and turtlenecks and shit for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just a, a participation in a festive time of year. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, happy Hanukkah to all of our uh, chosen friends. All my knowledge of Jewish holidays is all based on the fact that I went to Syracuse. You know. Well, yeah, yeah. Mine too. I uh, trying to think. Doug Bloomberg was probably my only Jewish friend, and he was only half Jewish. Yeah, I he, knew when I went to high school down down here, the only person I personally knew, like there was neighbors a couple of doors down that were Jewish, but we didn't know them, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the, only, the first person that I personally met my age who was Jewish was a guy that wasn't a practicing Jew, but he was half Jewish because his mother was Jew. You know, yeah, and that's right. how it works. So technically, he was the Jew because it's matriarchal. 
Yeah. You know, and now he's my city council person as of this recent election. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, he's, a, right. he's got to tell you name, you know, Jeruso. Yeah, but I remember we were in eighth grade and we were in religion class together. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm half Jewish. I was like, what? Half Jewish? How can you be half a religion? <laughs> yeah. Right. See, I didn't even pick up on that. Doug Bloomberg was, I want to say my middle school friend. We might have been friends in, in elementary school, although I don't. I don't remember exactly if we went to elementary school together, but I was always fascinated with the fact that he was half Jewish and and he celebrated both Hanukkah and Christmas. But he went to Catholic school with you? No, no, I was. This was public school years. Oh, you went to public school for elementary? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even then, in Jackson, I'm trying to think. Uh, a he little was probably Weinberg. an oddball, though, right? Um. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was a very. It homeless. seems like a lot of stuff like up in that area is like you got Jewish suburbs, you got Italian suburbs. You know? <laughs> in this area, there are a few, uh, there are a few communities. Well, in Jackson, um, it borders on Lakewood, which is it's probably a nationally known uh, Hasidic enclave. Okay. Enclave is that the right word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's the right word. Yeah. A non-inclusive community. They um, they're nationally recognized, I believe, um, for a couple different reasons over a couple over a couple of the last few years. But recently, um, a, a uh, what's it called? Not wire fraud, but a. Um, Welfare scheme? Welfare fraud. Welfare fraud. Um, So they've they've made the news um, as a community, but there are a few more. I'll probably um, talk about them soon on American Greed. Next on American (laughs) Greed. So it always is Medicare fraud, these big schemes, you know. Yeah. There was one about the Hasidic um, Jewish. Family from Brooklyn that end up, you know, opening up a big slaughterhouse operation in Iowa, and it was a big, and they ended up being a big fraud. You know, it was crazy. Yeah, that was one of the American Greed episodes. I don't know exactly what the extent of what the, the fraud, what the fraud was, but they went to Iowa and opened this huge, you know, um, kosher, you know, whatever. And it was a family that had been in Brooklyn or whatever forever doing all this stuff, but they they were involved with some kind of scam, you know? <laughs> now, see, this this might actually have some, uh, some ripple effect because if I understand the scam correctly uh, or the scandal correctly, what the entire practice is based on is the fact, and if I, if I have this wrong i wouldn't be surprised but i think this is the truth is that their marriages within the community are recognized as um they're they're religious based not civil based yes so they may not technically be married in the eyes of yeah of the municipality or of the state but they're using that to their advantage to create 
welfare cases, but I'm guessing that the welfare statute accounts for those type of situation that's that's how i'm gathering is yeah you know it's funny there was actually i don't know if it was law and order but it was one of these crime shows that i there was an episode sometime in the past six months i saw where it involved that same like an orthodox community where it was marriages that wouldn't that wouldn't be condoned under state law right right. yeah but they were but it was all church condoned marriages you know was it an episode starring Mariska Haggerty? Hargitay? Chances are that it might have been. <laughs> well, that's been. what I'm saying. I don't know if it was a law. I don't, I'm not, but I think it was a lot of, but it was one of these weird ones where they go off campus, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the weird ones when they end up like outside of New York City for whatever reason, they went to like some kind of orthodox enclave community like that, you know? Okay. Hargitay? That's how you say it? Hargitay? Hargitay? Hargitay, I think it is. Mariska Hargitay. Yeah, because Mickey Hargitay. And that's a um, Hungarian name. Yes. Okay, right. Right. Yeah. Who's her? She has a sibling. Jane Mansfield was her mother. Was her mother. Yeah. Um, And her brother, his name is Zoltan, because that's a friggin' Hungarian name. I remember once years ago, she was on Conan. And Conan was breaking her balls about it because uh, he just thought it sounded so cool because it's it does sound like a you know a futuristic type of name, but it's just a Hungarian name, you know. <laughs> Zoltan Mickey Hargitay, he was a bodybuilder. Okay, there's a uh, there's a, a restaurant that we go to for lunch after. Um... After the walk days are okay. over. So, like, walks are, you know, from Thursday to Monday. And on Monday, we'll, we'll go out to lunch, and a lot of times we'll go to this uh, pizza place, which is uh, Anthony's Coal-Fired Pizza. Okay. And it's a, I don't know if it's a chain or a franchise or whatever, but they make pretty decent pizza, and it's like that Neapolitan-style. Oh, is it like the square, the rectangle? Uh, no, it's round, but they okay. uh, they. I, mean, I know technically it's Sicilian, but I know Neapolitan's similar because it's southern. You know, the crust is a little fluffier. Okay. Um, but they bake it in a coal fire oven, etc. In the bathroom, they have right above the urinal, they have the that famous picture of um, Sophia Loren and Jane Manfield. Yeah, like Sophia giving the stink eye look or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Jane Mansfield, she died. Uh, decapitated. Not, yeah, it was. She had maybe she had performed a show in Biloxi. It was right, you know. It was. It's a famous New Orleans story, you know, because that used to Biloxi. I mean, even now today, it's still like that. That's basically like the Atlantic City, the the Jersey Shore for New Orleans. Yes. Okay. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. And she was down there. I think she went to perform there or something at one of these venues. And that's where it was between New Orleans and Biloxi, Mississippi, where she freaking was in the car accident. I think she was in a convertible, which is how she got decapitated or aided in her decapitation or something. You know, I wonder, like back in the day. So obviously she was a, you know, a huge sex symbol. But. I wonder how. 
hot she really was based on those days' standards compared to maybe just kind of how, like, sexy she portrayed herself or how slutty she was. You know what I mean? I don't want to slut shame her. She's... No. But, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I always take from her... I always, my take on her always seems to be like she was sort of a knockoff Marilyn Monroe. Okay, because in my so right, like, whereas I would Marilyn say, Monroe was yes, everyone considers her beautiful, but Marilyn Monroe is, con- Monroe is considered more classy. Whereas, like, I'm trying to think of a current analog to that type of th- situation, you know, like the beautiful movie star and like. Somebody who comes in who's not exactly going to be considered a great actress, but is just kind of like everything that Marilyn Monroe had, she was even more pronounced. Like she had the huge, like I know she had huge breasts, you know. I mean, of course she was blonde like Marilyn Monroe, you know, but like everything was accentuated, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, And I'm wondering like back in the day, so that was what? That was, that was late 50s? It would have been like 1960s, early 60s. Early 60s. Um, you know, and people were like, obviously, Marilyn Monroe is hot. Yeah. And Jane I mean, Mansfield. Late 50s, early 60s, yeah. That, yeah. She's like the caricature of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. So that's obviously like makes Even her like more lewd, lascivious embodiment of her, you know? Like appeal to even more, you know... And it probably even made her part of the success, probably the fact that she was so even more pronounced, it probably made her more um, attainable, if you if you know what I'm saying, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Because she was around the time, so obviously she was a, uh, around the time of Sophia Loren. Um, who's the other? Who's the other... Um, Italian actress. That's not Sophia Loren. <laughs> the other Italian actress is not Sophia Loren. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, Isla Bella Rossellini's Italian actress. That's not Sophia yeah, Loren. Yeah, yeah. That's no, not no, her because she's more a 1980s, 90s thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, let, hold on a second. So, um, I want to look at her Wikipedia. I mean, her. Uh, Sophia Loren's and uh, Sophia Loren. She was in uh, Grumpy Old Men. Sophia Loren was in that too. Anne Margaret's not Italian, but that's probably no, what you think. It, no, it's not Anne Margaret. It's okay, not Anne she was Margaret. in Grumpy Old Men. And okay. Sophia Loren was in one of the Grumpy Old Men movies. I think she was in Grumpier Old Men. Sophia Grumpy Loren. Old Men, right. Okay. So that. Um, What's the – who was the chick that was in The Muppets? Was that Sophia Loren? The Muppets? Which one? Your dad's favorite Muppet episode. Oh, no, 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 no. I know who you're talking about. Um, what's her name? The movie um, – Myra Breckenridge. Google that. That's – get her name. Um, she's still alive, but – she, I don't think she's Italian. Breckenridge? Myra Breckenridge movie. I remember seeing that one. Uh, oh, Mecker, Brecker Mayan? 
Brecken Brecken Meyer. No, it's the Brecken, actor. Breckenridge. Brecken Meyer's the actor. Yes, that shitty actor that was on that show, The Ref. Yes, but that's not who I was talking about. Okay. Raquel Welch. Raquel Welch. That's who I'm thinking of. Yes. She's not Italian. Raquel Welch is not Italian. I don't think she is. Let's see. Maybe just because she's an American actress singer. She was born in Chicago. She's okay. 77. Oh, she's only two months younger than my dad. September 5th, 1940. I mean, of course, of course, my dad loves her. You know? Yes. Okay. Raquel Welch. That's who I confused the Sophia Loren. Yeah. Okay. And, and maybe just because her name is Raquel. Uh, to me, that has an air of sophistication that can only yeah, be I mean, it's got a, a European. It, it sounds exotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does she have a real name? She was born Joe Raquel Tejada, so she must be oh. Latina. Yeah, I mean, she's got, she looks Latin, you know? I mean, like, she's, I mean, technically, when you say Latin, Italians are technically Latin, too, you know? Yeah. Like, she's yeah, got yeah. those looks. And Tejada is a Hispanic name, so she's probably, let's see. Was born as Joe Raquel Tejada, Chicago. Her father, Armando Carlos Tejada Arquiza, was an aeronautics engineer from La Paz, Bolivia. Ah. Uh-huh. Whoa, whoa. You uh, think Fredo knows the, the Welsh family? The Tejada family? Probably not, because he's... If she was outside the door, and would say he probably has dinner with them, whatever their version of Thanksgiving is. <laughs> 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 we call it Viva Baruba and Comida. Fix <laughs> vapor rub me or what? <laughs> good. At the end of the meal, they all just start rubbing Vicks <laughs> vapor rub on each other. <laughs> Uh, viva Barubaba. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, good times. Good times. So when you Google Anne Margaret, here's the list of of Anne Margaret's technically what is she? Is she Swedish or Norwegian? What is she? Uh Swedish. Swedish, all right. And, and I she, think her name is Anne hyphen Margaret, isn't it? Something like it, that. It is. It's Anne hyphen Margaret Olson is her last name. I but prefer Raquel, her Flintstones character, Anne Margrock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raquel Welsh comes up. Uh, Sophia yeah. Loren comes up. Jane Mansfield. Yeah, they're all those sex symbol actresses from that generation. Uh, Bridget Bardot comes up yeah, when when you were saying that that's who was in the back of my head when you were saying the other italian actress i was th but i couldn't think of her name but i was thinking that's who he's probably thinking of bridget bardot because she was you know it's all that 50s 60-ish you know the the pre-baby boomer the yeah the people all born right before the baby boom i would uh my dad's people it would probably have to go like Mar Marilyn Monroe is like the McDonald's of of the of the sexy blonde starlets. Jane Mansfield is like Burger King, and Bridget Bardot is like Carl's Jr. You know, something like that, right? That'd be the yeah, hierarchy. But it might even be something more obscure because you know she was big overseas. I, I think she remained big overseas. You know. 
So I'm trying to think of some type of niche chain. Like that's the type of thing that you get in your town that no one else has, you know, something that would be like in New York and Seattle or something like an like Ikea. In and out burger? <laughs> in and out burger, something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Um, yeah. So Mariska Hagerte. Haragity. Haragity. Hargate. Hargate. So, um, so happy Hanukkah, everybody. Yeah, and somehow that involved Hanukkah talking about the starlets <laughs> of the late 50s, early 60s. Um, but it is not only the start to on Hanukkah, it is the official start to Christmas season, although... Uh, it's about a week later than I would have liked, almost two weeks later than I would have hoped for, but the um, Christmas decor at 705 Bond Street has officially been lit. So what do you have? You have a tree up and all that? So I have my tree up, um, and I have the minimal house decorations. It's the... I remember as a kid, my mom, like, it would be, like, a total house transformation. All the pictures on the walls would come off. All of the knickknacks and doodads in the living room would come off. And they'd get replaced by Christmas um, decorations. Yeah, my mom was big in the deck in the halls as well. Yeah. And and is that where it comes from? Is that that tradition? Like, you, you turn over your... Your house to be a hundred percent Christmas? I don't know. I just think that's crazy, wacky mother tradition. <laughs> <laughs> so it's toned down a little bit. There's, um... and I think everything, everything I know about you, I think you have a crazy, wacky mother like I. Have. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to that kind of stuff, absolutely. Yeah, my mother would absolutely. go nuts, and it became miserable. And like these boxes of ornaments, and she'd have to bribe people to decorate the tree as we got older. Cause it was like, it's just too much. There's a thousand ornaments, you know, cause my mother saves everything that was ever made by anybody in grade school or preschool, you know? So that in the college and, and late 20 years, and even into my Curacao years, the, um, decorating of the Christmas tree was, was a compartmentalized effort. <laughs> So, like, when you came home, your box of ornaments was ready, and you would then decorate the tree with your ornaments. Because every year you get a new ornament, um, of which I had a, I had done an accounting. Uh, in oh, yeah. Work. You told me about that tradition before. <laughs> yeah. Every one so, of you got a new year ornament every year, huh? Every year, correct. Okay. Correct. And now, what was – where were these ornaments from? Like, was it like matter. a special order or something? Nope. No, they varied. My mom was big into like the craft scene, the arts and craft scene of the of the late eighties. So, uh, okay, a lot of like tin work, like stuff 80s. she made. No, no stuff she'd buy, or like like craft festivals and stuff. Yeah, she'd go to craft festival, find like a reindeer yeah. made out of uh, you know tin. There's a lot of tin work. Yeah. Like made out of like years. an old uh, Coke can type of stuff. Yeah, something like that, right? And then yeah. she would personalize it. So Matthew would have one, Joshua would have one, and then there'd be a year on it. So cool. That's why it's easy to 
keep track of what years um, are That's missing. That's a good way to do it, by put a year on put it. A year on it. <laughs> so, 73, I have the first ornament that... Oh, your baby ornament. My baby ornament. Mm-hmm. And then I'm missing, like, 74 to 78. We gotta re- we gotta let people know too though that you have the magical birthday year this year the ultimate orange birthday year I, I do forty four man I do um, which I had brought I feel like up we haven't the... focused on that enough um well we so. had the uh, we had the annual uh, Poconos Thanksgiving birthday celebration which was very nice um, yes. and I made note that it was the that it was the forty four. Jim Beheim would be proud of you. Me, <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> me, Jim Brown. Yeah. Ernie Davis, Floyd Little. Ernie Davis, Floyd Little. Bro. You should have got all those people. Dark Coleman, I'll send you wishes. <laughs> That'd be great. Rob Conrad. <laughs> right, Michael Owens. Yep. yep. <laughs> really Eight dude that's ever worn 44 for any reason. It's right for the bottom. Of the- you know what? That should be. That should absolutely be a uh, alumni relations uh, development tool. Is that every 40, every alumni receives a, a, a semi personalized greeting from all the famous 44s on yeah, that their would be 44th great. birthday. They probably send it to the people that donate to the school, though. <laughs> I would donate if you send me that. Okay, get, listen. If well, it's I too knew, late now, man. They're not gonna go back and retroactively send it to you. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to wait to what? Like my 80th birthday? Is get art they monk. Have to get 88 because it'll be two times 44. <laughs> right. right. Or maybe they'll send it to 66, and they can get. Um, Fucking Casey Powell and whoever's worth 22, because, you know, it's the lacrosse number. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Jim Brown, sign Jim Brown. And it's going to be barely legible because Jim Brown will be like 100. <laughs> so, Who's the um... Jim Brown and Casey Powell? <laughs> 44, 22. Way to go, dude. Who's the. um? Who's the uh, the Syracuse Hall of Fame guard? Sir, uh, Dave Bing? Offensive. No, 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 no. Football. Ringo? Oh. Yeah, Otto? Ringo. Ringo? Yeah. Yeah. What was what number was Ringo? Uh, double. Be... Was Is that the new word? I don't know. Let's see. This is Brian Peters' favorite part of the show. Oh, speaking of Brian Peters, I got a, um, let's see, he was 51 and 54 in the pros. I'm going to guess he was in the 50s when he played for Syracuse. I'm thinking of Jim Otto, I think, because I was confused as to, I think Jim Otto is the one that used to have the double zero. Jim Otto did have doubles. Yeah. He did have And also the fact that his name was Otto. Right. Right. Um... But I never think of Jim Ringo's number. Well, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but he ain't Larry Zonka. I miss Larry Zonka. I can't get Larry Zonka's number. Yeah. And well, and funny thing is, the 
Patriots are playing the Dolphins right now, and they're wearing throwback uniforms. So they're wearing the Larry Zonka uniforms tonight. Oh, Dolphins play the Patriots? Yeah, they're wearing the inaugural uniforms, I guess. But I'm sure it's not much different than the dumbest thing the Dolphins did was about five or six years ago when they changed the helmet. Like, they had that same friggin' logo on their helmet forever, and then they changed it to that new modern one. Like, why? Yeah. I kind of thought that helmet was cool enough as it was. Why would you change it to that stupid thing they have now? Marketing, man. Marketing. Yeah, but it's dumb. It's like it was good enough for 40 years, you know? <laughs> Listen, I'm with you, man. Every uniform that I grew up with, I think, is better, objectively better than that team's modern-day uniform. Yep. Well, if the Patriots didn't win all these Super Bowls in this uniform, they would have changed it because nothing's dumber than the flying Elvis. Right. I mean, that thing's dumb, you know? The only exceptions I I could think of... Maybe are the Jets and the Giants. I think that they they went back to a classic helmet. Yeah, they went back to the old school one. So in that instance, I think that's a move for the better. But the rest of them, like I was watching the Rams play. And um, what? how hard would it have been? They're moving back to L.A. How hard would it have been just to adopt the old yellow and blue fearsome foursome uniforms? Yeah, but it's a perfect some reason for, to do that. Some foursome wore white horns. Oh, they did. Eric Dickerson wore gold horns. Oh, they, they changed those uniforms in the seventies. Like in the, like in the, when they when they played in the Super Bowl was that nineteen? I guess it must have been January nineteen eighty when they played the Steelers in the Super Bowl. They were in the gold uniforms, but oh. you see the videos of Merlin Olson and Deacon Jones and all those guys. They're in the white horns. Well, there you, you know, go. Okay, then that's a smart move. The thing that's fucked up because the NFL's got strict rules on, since technically it's a throwback and you, and there's a time frame you got to wait on changing your uniform over. Yeah. And a few years, you remember a few years ago when they first started doing the throwback thing, like ten or so years ago, when teams started doing regularly through the season, they would change the whole helmet too. Then because of all the player safety shit. They they made a rule that you had to stick with the same helmet all year long. And that's why when you watch a Rams game, and it's it's more pronounced when they're wearing their dark uniforms because they don't match up with the helmets. But but they they are slated to wear the throwback uniforms maybe two or three times this year. But it looks all right when they wear the white jerseys because there's not as much gold in the white jerseys, but when they wear the dark jerseys, you know, there's gold, so it it's mismatched. Wait a minute. They well have what about the same helmet? What about when the Lions and the and the Packers play and they just wear Lions those wear a silver helmet, they just take the decals they just take the decals off. off. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, like when you see the Steelers now when they wear a throwback, they they're not wearing true throwback helmets anymore because they can't do the thing where they used to wear the the yellow helmet, the mustard yellow helmet. Uh, yeah, I haven't paid that much attention, but you're right. Okay, that makes sense. 
I mean, it's because I follow Uniwatch. Like, that's something I start getting. Hell, that's something I start reading when I was in Boston. You ever read Uniwatch on ESPN? Yeah, I used to read it a, a lot. Uh, yeah, I used I'm to read a lot more law school, of course, because you sit there class with the computer in front of you and follow the Uniwatch blog, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's where you get all. That's that's where I got that little nugget because, because uh, I because I remember you remember like the Patriots they would wear like the throwback and they would wear the white helmet but they can't do that anymore. So you see a lot of teams wear throwback jerseys but the helmets are mismatched, or though they might have the old logo on the helmet but it's on the new helmet color. Like maybe I'm not saying the Patriots have done this, but. Theoretically, they'd go out with the silver helmet with the Pat the Patriot on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, like, right. when I was living in Boston, they played on Thanksgiving Day one year where they wore the full bore classic old Patriots uniform. But they can't do that anymore because that's a white helmet. See, the Dolphins can do it because they haven't changed the color of the helmet, you know? Okay. So it's just a matter of restriping it, you know? And the Saints, like, Saints, you might not think it's changed, but there's been subtle changes to the Fleur de Lee over the years. But they've always wore a gold helmet, you know. Okay. Yeah. But right, the teams that change helmet colors, it kind of screws it up, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the horns, um, I think it's kind of a pain in the ass. I don't think it's that easy to like uh, replace the horns, you know. <laughs> I saw the Army Navy game this weekend, and they were wearing uniforms. Yep. See, colleges do it. They don't have the same rules because you see freaking Oklahoma State, Oregon, all those teams. Oklahoma State is a team that seems to wear – because that's the new thing. You know, ever since Oregon pioneered that, they got teams that wear a different uniform every week. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're wearing chrome helmets. Uh, Matt Syracuse wears has at least three different helmets they wear throughout the season, you know? Oh, the the navy helmets are supposed ones, to be red. The blue ones, the orange ones. I think actually four because I think they wear a regular orange one and I think they wear a chrome orange one. Yeah, that sounds about right. Those navy helmets are supposed to be um, the blue angel. Yeah, the blue angel ones. Yeah, those are cool. They were the that that uh, that uniform. Those that was a good looking uniform game. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. The Saints, um, most of the color rush uniforms suck. I'm just happy that the Saints have one of the good ones. They're white on white that they had them wearing Thursday night. That stuff, it looks slick, you know? Do they ever wear black on black? Oh, they wear it all the time, and it sucks. I hate it. <laughs> you know why black on black sucks? That's some. They start wearing that type of stuff like... Jim Haslett, when he came here, they start wearing that. And Sean Payton likes to wear it a lot. The reason it sucks, and this is something you new watch has it right on with those colors. It gives the leotard effect, the black pants, the black socks. Like it looks like you're not. And and to me, it looks very high school, black on black. Okay. My favorite Saints uniform combination. I'm pretty sure Jordan's in agreement with that too. And a lot of people are, but Sean Payton doesn't like that combination as much the classic black jersey with the gold pants sean payton loves the white jerseys so at home a lot of times he'll wear white jerseys and it sucks because you know technically the dark and they and football the dark jersey's your home jersey you know right right 
Yeah, so you end up wearing the white 12 times a year. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Cowboys, the Redskins, teams that prefer their white jerseys, you know. That's why That's why it is kind of fun when Cowboys play the Redskins because push is going to have to come to shove, you know, because you got to get the okay from the home team or whatever, and you know, well, uh, <laughs> you know, they both prefer their white jerseys, you know, so that's the one time you'll definitely see them both teams and their and a color jerseys when they're playing each other, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. LSU, they they used to not even wear the per they used to try like hell to never wear the purple jersey because it was considered bad luck. You know? Nick Saban started, I think, wearing the purple jersey more saying that it's not the jersey that's bad luck. Blah blah blah. Right, like, of course. LSU people do not like the purple jersey. Like it's the white jersey. So, well, there you I go. imagine they're investigating all this shit right now or something. <laughs> it sounds like it, and by it sounds like, I hear nothing. <laughs> Which to me means you're sitting there. Typing, Googling, looking at image searches. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped when I got to the 1972 breakdown, the, the UniWatch breakdown of the 1972 oh. Vikings. It's just time to, time to get back on track. On track means thanking, uh, big shout out, speaking of BP, um, I got a, got a Christmas card uh, from BP today. Oh, it's I always nice. I always like when people remember me on uh, Christmas. I'm sure Friday. it'll be coming tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I they um, I got a little quick no. text. Hey, what's your address? And so I knew it was coming. This classic style, the card with the pictures uh, on the front and the back. You got it. Real, yeah. uh, real cute. Real, real cute pictures. Yeah. Uh, amazing and um. BP nice. doing Maisie stuff and Carla doing Maisie stuff and Maisie doing Maisie stuff. It was um, very festive, very nice. It's always just Maisie be amazing, man. Just Maisie be amazing, man. Uh, it makes it it's it makes me feel good when people remember me and yeah. take the time to to put me on their yeah. Christmas I got a, list. I got my first Christmas card from somebody I know the other day. Abby, Abby and her fiance sent out a Christmas card. Oh, yeah. Abby and Monty. Yeah, yeah Abby and Monty. Happy Monty. Um, a lot of people send my mom Christmas cards. Like people who I would hope send me Christmas cards but don't. Like Laughlin sends my parents um, a Christmas card, which is very nice. Um, That's kind of funny. He's like, like, Sanders doesn't have a family. Why does he need Christmas cards? <laughs> I, th- I think maybe Mike <laughs> Peters' family might. I don't. Mike I'm Peters, I got one from him. Did I get one from him last year? I definitely get the baby announcements from Mike. Yes. So my mom my mom is on that list because I know she's gotten um, the baby announcement. I don't know if I got the, the last baby announcement, though. But I've definitely gotten baby announcements. I, like, I know I got the one for Aiden. Yeah, I think Reardon might. Because um, a lot of times those guys would go – well, I mean, the same as same as when I go up to Boston. When when we'd congregate in New Jersey for whatever reason, they would 
you know, stay at my parents' house or, or, or make way um, to my parents' house on various trips or cross-country journeys or whatever. Yeah. And over the years, they've, uh, you know, kept that address. And, you know, it's just easy enough to put in their, uh, to put in their contacts list and, and shoot off a Christmas card. But my mom really appreciates it, so I think it's cool that they do it. And then I also get to see the cards... When I go over there, so it's like a win-win for. Oh, everybody. my mom eats up any acknowledgement from Brian. You know, she yeah. loves that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's great. Um, so, but BP sent me one. BP and Carla sent me one today, yeah. uh, which was nice to come home to. I opened that up, and it's a very. It's one of the few times a year that I, I get into getting the mail. A lot of times, the mail will sit in my my mailbox for a month because yeah because it's usually junk and it's never anything for me so um i got a christmas card i get it psyched i have a little thing where i hang all the christmas cards um i still got i have the same christmas cards they haven't moved from my fridge they've been there for years i put up well you probably saw you know, like Fat Pat and whomever. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I put them all in Magna, and then I feel guilty. I'm like, I feel bad, like, taking them down. So I just stay up, but eventually they're going to have to come down because I'm run out of room. But I might have to do what you're saying. You know, just put them in a box and then bring them out during the holidays. But I, I haven't decorated since the first year I moved in here. Yeah, you know? see, the inside is is pretty... I don't want to say it's scarce. I have a little uh, little statue, a little Santa Claus statue, and a little Frosty the Snowman statue that have my name on it, which I got when I was a little kid. Uh, I put those on a shelf. Then I have a Happy Holidays sign that I put on the bookshelf. And I have a little wooden nativity scene uh, that I feel like uh, keeping the Christ in Christmas. <laughs> so I put that up on the top of the bookshelf. Um and the way it's maneuvered, the North Star. Is that what it, what it is? Is it the North Star? Yeah, I believe that's what it was. The star. I think that was pointing away, you know. The star sits on top of the of the door on the threshold, so it's up and above, guiding the guiding the uh, the wise men to the manger. Um, so that goes up, and then I put a Christmas tree up. I take a lot of pride. Uh, in picking out a Christmas tree, uh, making sure it's a good size. Last year, I got a like an eight foot one uh, or a seven Man. and a half foot one because I have eight foot ceilings. This year it was a little smaller, but it's still big. It's a hefty tree. It goes on the floor. It almost touches the ceiling. Uh, <clears throat> and tons of bowls for some reason. I have lots of Christmas themed bowls. I think that those are just easy to have. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, they store easily. They they're very decorative, and I put those. And then out. you have people who are gonna put snacks in them and stuff. That type of stuff. Yeah, like uh, they're entertaining. Exactly. A couple uh, green Hershey kisses in this one. A couple red Hershey kisses in this one. Some candy canes in this one. You know the drill. Um, See, all right, that would be not really the North Star. Star of Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Yeah. yeah after Star after Bethlehem. Have- yeah. Obviously, it's got a whole Wikipedia page with theories of it as far as this astronomical object, but we don't need to go into that. Let's just keep going over your hall decking. <laughs> so that 
that got done last week because that's an easy that's an easy lift. It's one box, and I take the box out, and I just put those things where they belong. I don't. One box I, has the bowls and everything, and the car. Yeah, all the inside stuff. Yeah, all the inside stuff, and it doesn't like it doesn't cost me any effort because it's just putting stuff out. It's not replacing things or. You know, there's no strategy involved. I just I put them on top of what already exists. Yeah. Uh, but the outside is where is where I make my money. That's where I that's where I shake my money maker. Um, and what I've been doing is over the years I've added to my inventory. So it's one of the few things that I do that's actually uh, f- fiscally responsible as well as uh, having some requisite foresight. No, at the Christmas, uh, at the post-Christmas 50% sale, after New Year's, I go and I buy more Christmas lights. So every year, I just keep adding to my inventory um. So maybe my first year. Do you go color? No. Or white? So okay. Here's or where mix. I've where I've had a bit of a crisis of faith this year is that I've gotten and accumulated enough lights to now go around the 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 roof of my porch, around the railing of my porch, and down into two sets of bushes. So okay. it's um it's it's very symmetrical but not overly symmetrical. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I was thinking about what I wanted to do in the future and I came up with two ideas. One I implemented this year cool. and one I want to implement in years to come. And this year okay. I wanted to hang wreaths from the upper windows, from the third floor and the second floor windows. Oh yeah, like give it a real, a real classy, classy look. look. Um, Let me ask yeah, you this yeah, real yeah. quick though. Somebody's got to be helping you do all this shit outside. Uh, outside is easy enough because the porch roof is only about eleven or twelve feet off the ground, so. There's no chance where you're climbing up a ladder where you got to worry about this. The, the fall wouldn't do much damage. I mean, I know it really didn't help when Roscoe was there because, I mean, that seems like more detrimental than doing it so, alone. So but, that, um, it's a legitimate like, question. On putting them up, I'm almost six feet tall, so my feet are only five feet off the ground. Yeah. So a fall isn't, isn't detrimental. There's one hairy, uh, juncture where I've got to kind of prop the ladder in the bushes. Okay. That probably needs a little bit of an assistance. Um, that, I, yeah, that I'm flying a little, my mother would freak. I'm sure your mother would freak out to know anytime you're on a ladder by yourself. Yeah. So what I wanted to do to class the act up this year was to put the, the, there's three windows on the second floor and there's one on the third floor. The second floor, my plan was to climb up onto the, 
roof of the porch and uh, drill into the window, the window frame, and hang. The third floor, I was going to just lean out the window and screw it in because it was only one window. So I did have Josh come over and um, help secure the ladder. But we ended up nixing the whole plan because we got the ladder extended enough. Because what I do when I put the uh, the lighting on the gutter, I have these special hooks. So what I just have to jam the ladder under the the awning onto solid okay. wood. And then I climb up the ladder, and then the gutter's right there at eye level, and I click them on, I clip them on as far as I can reach over, then I just move the ladder. But it's solid the whole way. To get onto the roof, you've got to put the ladder against the gutter. So I took the ladder, and I prop it up against the gutter, and Josh says, that gutter going to hold? And I was like, what do you mean by hold? (laughs) And I take two steps onto the ladder, and the gutter just flexes like it's... It's it, it's on its last legs. It just totally yeah. buckles. I go, wait, do you mean that? He goes, I mean exactly that. And I was like, okay, let's not do that. So I moved the ladder <laughs> to the side of the porch because it jets out a little bit. And if I can put the ladder next to the house and I can get high enough, I can step onto the roof. So I got up there. And I didn't like my footing. It was, it wasn't, because there was nothing around the corner that I could hold on to, even if I could get my foot on the, on the roof. You know what I'm, you you follow what I'm saying on on that construction? The roof comes, you know, six inches to a foot onto the side of the house. That's where I put the ladder. It just didn't work. We didn't, we didn't feel safe. So we didn't do that. Um, and it's just too much of a hassle to to figure out how to get back up there without disturbing the setup that the chick has in that front room and the whole deal. So I got to figure out something to do with my uh, with my wreaths. But what I wanted to do next year are battery lit candles in the windows. Super okay. classy. Yeah. I mean, that's like around here that that goes down. In like Rumpson and Middletown. Rumpson Middletown. That's some Rumpson Middletown bullshit. That's that's high class. Class Here's the problem. Is that over the last five years, I've invested in, although I've invested in a discount, I've still invested in about 10 strands of cool white LED lights. If you're going to go with the candle country effect, you got to have warm white yeah, light. Yeah, the cool lights are. Right? So, yeah, it's no, not gonna now cut. I'm in an impasse. I don't know. I don't know what, what I'm going to do. Do I just bite the bullet and invest in the warm lights? Do I forget about the candles or do I just flip the whole script and go colored lights because I'm driving around 
and retro bulb colored lights have come back into style. Well, you know, that's that's the funny thing about the way just like the football uniforms, how the Jets and the Giants revert to old ones. You're at, for a few years, everybody was like, oh, it was all white lights. No one wanted color lights now. Now people have color lights because now it's like, oh, well, this is old school. Yeah. Everything old yeah, is cool exactly. again. Yeah, and I fall for it every time. I fall for it every time. So I don't I don't know where to go. I yeah. think if I'm gonna if I'm gonna abandon the cool white lights, I think I would do it for warm white lights. I don't think I would do it for the colored the colored bulbs. Okay. Um Colored bulbs to me and that's why I was thinking about maybe getting some and just put them up in the back because I'd probably eventually take them down anyway, but that 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 gives like a um a funky look. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, not funky bad, but a funky, like, yeah, yeah. fun, you know? Exactly. And that's what I've come... And not even... It doesn't have to be the big classic bulbs. Like, I know that's what you're probably talking about, though, right? Like, the the ones that are, like, the size of, like, a fig type Yeah, yeah bulb. and they actually come... Um, like, they're a little faded. They weren't, they weren't as yeah. bright. So... Yeah, because they were, like, the... The glass, if I remember from being a kid, it was almost like they were yeah. painted on the inside, yeah. you know? It wasn't like now where you'd buy stuff and it'd be colored plastic. It was – they were glass bulbs that were painted from the yeah, inside exactly. out. Yeah. So I – um, if I change – and I just sent you, sent you a little text to, to show you what the outside ended up looking yeah. like. Um. If I change, it would be for white. It would be for warm white, so I could put the candles um, in the windows. Okay. Yeah, but that's in the that future. That would be in the future. That'd be in the future. It looks really Thanks, nice, brother. man. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. It's the only. Really it's the only too. house on on the street that's decorated, but that's with a caveat because there's only one other house on my street technically. The the guys who live <laughs> next to me, whose house faces the other street, um, actually did something pretty cool. You can't see it in that picture that I sent you, but you see where my lights stop? If you yeah. look at the retaining wall, you'll see the retaining wall is white, and then it goes to a darker color after that tree. In, in like the very, very right corner, the bottom right corner of the picture. Yeah. Yep. Just off screen there is a um, is a stairway that goes to the back of their house. At the entrance of okay. that stairway, they put two small evergreen Christmas trees, like two feet high, which are lit uh, with the same lights that I use at my house. So it makes it look like my presentation's a lot bigger and a lot yeah. more defined than it actually is. So... I appreciate that they do that. They certainly don't do it on my behest or even with me in their thought process, but it's there, so I'll take advantage of it. Yeah. The, um, the bush on the left is new. That's a, that's essentially where I've come to this year. So in the past, it was only a string across the top, and then the Oh, new yeah, lights. So then the next year would have been the string on the railing. 
then the following year is into that small bush, into that low bush, and then the next year is into the big tall bush, and then the fifth year now is over to the to the left side. So um, that's a lot of investment, you know? That's a lot of investment. And it's not yeah. like it looks bad. Not like it looks bad. It looks, you know? Looks, uh, no. Classy. classy. Right? That's what I was going for. It's going for classy, so yeah. um, all class. We'll all see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll keep everybody posted. I know that they are. Uh, they're glued to their sets. Wondering, well, I guarantee you, Fredo is wondering what's going to happen. Um, yeah, he wants to know. He needs ideas. Speaking of sets, I know you got some uh, some food to eat, so I don't want to keep you uh, too much longer. Um. I got some big news, buddy. I got some big news. The Two Sorry Excuses uh, production team uh, may be getting into the television business. Okay. I want to hear about this. So uh, after we had done our first episode of Used and Amused, the Used and Craigslist amused. podcast... Uh, multiple people had mentioned that that really would work better if it was a YouTube series, and w- yeah, I know we talked. You talked about we, that where you could yes. show the product. And would right? we consider making those episodes YouTube episodes? And my response to that was um, no, because I don't necessarily think anybody wants to look at us. <laughs> and I think we are me- we are much better for the for the podcast medium. Of course, the people on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, nothing for nothing. True, man. that's true. Okay, so I felt self conscious going going to. No, I understand. Heading, I understand. Of course, the- that's a thing. Like when you, it's one thing to hear your voice; it's another thing to see exactly. your face. Exactly. And I've always been comfortable with my own voice. I've gotten positive reinforcement along the way, but in general, I had always been comfortable with my own voice. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool in this, in the podcasting realm, but people had said, listen, that would, that would actually work pretty good, uh, as a, as a YouTube series. I think, I think it would work. So I had, started to think about ways in which it could become a YouTube series. Um, just conceptualizing ideas, etc. cetera. Uh, in the event we wanted to become producers. This is the issue. We can't let somebody steal it from us. Well, that's why we would retain, we would retain not only creative right, but also ownership right of the product, right? It's a two sorry excuses production. But I started to chat with, um, a, you like how whispering it to you? Like, (laughs) as if no one's going to hear this. So one of the guys that we do a lot of work with at, um, at Hilltop uh, on the media side of, of Hilltop's business, I, I, I try to not get involved with that work too much. Because uh, it's, it's not in my yeah. wheelhouse, but um, I end up getting involved in some of these projects anyway. And that guy 
is he's an Emmy Award winning uh, director and producer, and he's worked on some stuff that you you definitely know. He did uh, back in the day. Uh, you know, this week in baseball. This week in baseball with Mel Allen. Uh, okay, I thought you were gonna say backdoor slots number seventy-three. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing it's no, not different that guy. guy. <laughs> different guy. <laughs> so he did this week in baseball with Mel Allen. He did. Um, I like that show. Twip Twip notes. That's he would he would edit and produce those segments. Um, he also does, you know, um, Len Berman, the, the new, uh, yep. spanning the globe, spanning the world. Yep. I remember Len Berman. I used to come on, used to go on like the yes, late night yes, shows. Exactly. And... That's this guy does that. Yeah. That's the guy that produces those packages for him. Oh, so, awesome. like, he's a legitimate talent and he's a professional. So we were talking about some other project. And I said, hey, man, listen, he always asks about the podcast because he's real fascinated in, in new media. Um, so I said, listen, I came up with this idea that I think works better in the visual medium. And here's what it is. And I kind of lay it down for him. And he thinks he thinks it's it's good. He thinks it has some legs. So the other day, you know, we didn't talk about it for a while. And the other day he brought it up amongst a conversation that we were having on another topic and said, Hey, no, 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 wait, by the way, he goes, I'm going to some conference to pitch some television shows. Why don't you come with me and we can talk about that thing you do for your podcast. Where's the conference Uh, in New York? It's in LA. Oh, wait, he's, he's asking you to come to this. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So he's like, I got a bunch of ideas that I want to go pitch, um, but it's easier to, to go when you go with somebody else because um, he's a quiet guy. You know, I don't necessarily know if he yeah. wants me to be, uh, you know, the front man. I don't think so. I think he just wants a wingman. Um, but he says in that package, in that conversation, we can we can see if we can find a home for your used and amused product so here's what got me thinking um is is how does it translate to a show right so there's a couple there's a couple ways you can do it does it is it just like a podcast like simulcast type of deal which could be very very timely now like uh you know like a joe rogan kind of kind of thing where He's just producing yeah. the video that goes along with the audio. Is it more like a uh, traditional three-act segment unveil kind of show? Is there one host and a guest host? Is there a host and a guest host or a sidekick and then a celebrity host like... You know, do you do you bring yeah. in do you, do you do you have somebody do uh you have somebody do the intro then you bring in, you know, a celebrity that's pitching something else but is involved in the conversation and then, you know, have a third act reveal with all all parties involved like I, I don't know exactly what form it takes and, and how to pitch it, but 
I don't know if that's more relevant than the people involved, right? I don't know what comes first. What's the chicken? What's yeah. the egg? Do you come up with like a winning formula of personnel and then figure out the structure of the show, or do you figure the structure of the show first and then come up with the with the personnel? You know, so like, do you got like, yeah. um, you know, do you have like a quirky, you know, nerdist type guy? You know, Jeff, uh, what's his name? Something Rutledge. He does like NBC Sports, but he focuses on NASCAR. Um, he's kind of a chubby yeah. dude with a, he with a beard. He he's like the host of these sports related shows but he's not an athlete he's totally like hipster dude and then they pair him with a requisite hot chick and then they'll do a segment with a nascar guy right and it's like a you know lounge chair kind of setup so is that you know like is that the formula do you take like you take a goofy hipster dude with a hot chick and then pair them with like a celebrity. So I'm goofy hip hips, goofy hipster dude plays the role of Sandman. Hot chick plays the role of live in our, in, you know, in our traditional, uh, in our traditional used and amused format. And then we bring in a third party celebrity to just kind of be part of the fun. Or do you flip it? Do you take hot yeah. chick and small Asian man as the <laughs> sidekick and bring in, you know, only musicians? Is it hot chick and flamboyant feminine guy as his as her sidekick? Is it quirky, uh, Le- Le- Lena Dunham hipster chickish and you know some sidekick like well, I don't I, I'm not sure what the I think it should be us <laughs> I mean you're you're describing quirky people and stuff I mean every variation where you and I are that <laughs> and then you know bring in a hot Asian chick <laughs> Oh, I didn't think a hot Asian chick. Right. I, I thought a small Asian man. I didn't even think about hot Asian chick. That hits all the demographics. That hits all the demographics. Here, here's what my original thought was. This is what stuck to me. Is, yeah. is quirky dude, hot chick, and musicians. Right? Musicians, right? Yeah. So the musician so we'd come in and we'd introduce the the the, the topic du jour, coffee pots, right? Yes, hey, we're gonna be talking pots. about coffee pots today. Let me tell you a little bit about coffee pots. When I was uh growing up, coffee pots were you know, coffee was a big deal, it was a central part of the gathering, and then you make an intimate joke, but actually the hot chick is making the intimate joke and then you know there's fun. Uh, all right, we'll be right back with uh, Lowell Gallagher. Who's no, not Lowell Gallagher. Noel Gallagher. Noel Gallagher from uh, 
you were combining Liam, Liam right? That's what I want Liam. We'll come back with Liam Gallagher. <laughs> but it's not Liam Gallagher. It's somebody from one of the bands that's touring through on the indie scene, right? Because it's got that vibe. It's it's Craigslist. It's indie band. It's hipster. So the band comes in and be like, "Oh, hey man, you uh, you drink coffee? Oh yeah, we drink coffee. We love coffee. You know, can't live with coffee. We love coffee, cigarettes, <laughs> mostly cigarettes, and more. Can't live more without it. Cocaine. <laughs> we like cocaine. Uh, you know, and that's like that banter because you're always pulling teeth from yeah. these fuckers, man. You know, like, they <laughs> never want to give you anything. You see them on." You know, on all kinds of shows, and they're just like all weird and stuff. But just watch a Harrison Ford interview, a De Niro interviews. Not even just musicians, like right people right, like that. Right, you know, the artistic type. So they yes. talk, they're they difficult. talk about it, and then we'll say, "All right, man. Well, do you want to be? Uh, you come back. You know, we'll uh, we'll figure out how I get a coffee pot." And they'll be like, "Yeah, that's cool, man. We'll, we'll stick around. We'll stick around." And then we come back, and then while that has been going down the hot Asian sidekick chick has been doing research on the coffee pots and and she's like okay for you know retail whatever and then you know it's the unveiled did we get one off of craigslist etc etc it follows the same format you know the personal connection the introduction i wonder if eventually we need to get if we need to get like a guest on there to because obviously you know, so many episodes. You're not buying stuff on Craigslist all the time. You know, <laughs> they get a special guest on to explain their that got a really good okay. deal on something okay. they really right. wanted. You know, excellent, excellent point. Because this was then how I evolved the idea in my head was that we go shopping for shit with these celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you want to go? Uh, you want to go buy a coffee pot with me? And they'd be like, "Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah." But obviously, if you're doing it for television, you couldn't just look up one Craigslist dude and that's it. Because the whole point's to do it through Craigslist, right? Well, it could be. Is no, the point to do it through it's, Craigslist? It's it's more of the used aspect. So we could go to flea markets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, mean, I also think it'd be kind of funny to be like, hey, can I come and check out the product and yes. show up with the celebrity? Exactly. Yes. Because Craigslist, you know, you're doing everything through anonymous emails. Yeah. <laughs> or text messaging, however they prefer to do their stuff. And then you show up to meet and then you're there. Like, <laughs> and the funny thing is, a lot of times it's like, parking lots of like a mall or something okay wait so that's it all right that that's that's the that's how we evolve right so the segment number one is talking about um this is it man this is this is it this is how it's going down it's a hit because if if we were to pitch it it's antique road show meets driving in cars with comedians Right? So the first segment is setting it up. Because that's why I think the whole thing works in my mind is because. Yeah, you got to have a product you have to go get. get. You you need it. And that's the setup. And the setup. And then 
you go into you close the first segment by saying, "All right, well, let's go shopping for a coffee pot with Mila Kunis. We'll be right back." And then you go on location where you're driving or you're you're in a situation where you're with Mila Kunis and you're like, "Hey, here's one. Um, you know, 30 pot coffee pot, whatever." Um, Middletown, New Jersey, not too far. What do you know? What do you say we we get in touch with them and we have the celebrity do the transaction? The celebrity types yeah. the email or texts whatever, um, and maybe there's some some chance for interaction. No, no, say this. No, no, you're gonna blow it. Say this. This is how you do it, and then we roll up and. I mean, a celebrity wouldn't even need to do all that. I mean, you could do it all yourself, which would be even funnier because you're doing it just like a regular person, like negotiating. Yeah. So, and then the third. <laughs> of course, it'd be funny if the celebrity. Cause, okay, that's it. Okay. I wait. mean, because I know we have differences on this. Like, I offer less when I'm in person when I get yes, to them. Okay. But it would be funny. You got a millionaire there, and they're gonna offer him like five bucks less for the coffee pot on the spot. All right, so that's it. So segment one is is the setup and the hook. Segment two is yeah, because they don't be doing the emails the, and shit. I mean, just when you is get the interaction. there, because that's always the tensest part of those situations, the face to face. Right. Meeting. Okay. So that's the interaction, and in segment two, the hot sidekick. <laughs> is doing the retail comparison. That's always that's the second most yeah. important part of this is why are we going through all this trouble to go to Craigslist when maybe we could buy it on Amazon? Yeah, you need to be able to look up what the yes. prices similar prices, you know, what the what the, the cheapest possible price for the newest version of that item yes. or something, you know? Perfect. And then we say, okay, well, let's find out. Let's find out what happens in the next episode when we go coffee pot shopping with, you know, Chelsea Handler. And cut to the third. We're driving in the car. We're in the subway going to pick up the thing. And that's their chance to pitch whatever prod- project they're working on, right? You know, oh, I got a new... Yep. Sh- We're going... We're going um, waffle iron shopping with Pat Mulrin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Celebrity yeah. guest of the show. And on the way there, you know, you're driving up to the Berkshires to, to pick up the waffle iron. And on the way there, you're cutting to the conversation you guys are having. So, um, you know, NBA All-Star game coming up. Uh, you know, big big time for the NBA, and you know Pat fumbles through whatever he's fumbling through, and then and then we get to the you know the the place, and then we show up, and there it is. That's the that's the payoff. That's the reveal. Is that we show up with the celebrity, and they negotiate him down or whatever. Ah, uh, listen, dude, that's it. Yeah, I mean that would be a great show, you know. Yeah. You show up and they're like, Hal Linden, team is Barney <laughs> right, Miller. Exactly. And that's going to be the beauty. <laughs> See, even alive that's anymore, be though. The beauty of it is that the, the spectrum <laughs> yeah. of guests will be like exactly what that hipster second hand generation Craigslist 
consumer yes. would love. You know, Hal Linden. And we're here to check out a coffee pot with Salebu right. and Fry, who you might have remembered as exactly. Punky Brewster. You get it, man. You're on board. Nice. Oh, man, I'm glad. <laughs> Listen, I'm glad we flushed this out because this is amazing. I'm going to write up the treatment for it. Um, I think it's yeah. like American Pickers meets American Pickers meets riding in cars with coffee. Yeah, right. Right, cars coffee getting with comedians. Coffee with comedians yes. or whatever. Riding cars with comedians getting coffee. Yes. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And it's got it's got that podcast component to it, right? Maybe even that first segment is is you know soundboard setup. It's not traditional uh talking heads or it's not um news desk format. Maybe it's 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 headset microphone kind of talk. Maybe I don't know. I'm trying to figure a way to kind of pull the podcast component into it. Um, but the second segment is where you can really use the talents of of like a hot sidekick. So even if it is you and I, I we we kind of need. We need a hot sidekick. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, too, since we're in different places, you know, the episodes could vary, though, anyway. You know? You with the sidekick and, and whomever. You with the sidekick and whomever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yep. Interesting. I mean, and it'd be funny because we'd probably be using, like, localish celebrities, you know? Yes. Or... Hear me out here. I'm hearing you out. It can be, it can be a la, um, a la Abdelnabi. Housewives of what's that show? The Real, the Real Housewives, Housewives of, of where? The Real House. Yes. Have used and Amused New Jersey. Used and Amused New Orleans. You got Used and Amused Boston. Used and Amused LA. We could franchise. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great, you know? I guess it depends on how it gets sold, right? If it's sold as a YouTube show, I think that makes much more sense to to kind of franchise it out. A lot of stuff, they have these things that start out as online shows that end up getting picked up as actual television Listen, content. Listen, I smell an Emmy. So, Emmy? I smell Beverly Hills, man. <laughs> All right. So first I'm going to. I I smell uh, you walking around with an ascot, <laughs> smoking jacket, sunglasses, and a cigarette holder. Listen, I am not. You know, I'm Hollywood. not sold. I was not sold on either of us taking a in front of the camera role for this endeavor. However. I think you've sold me on that. Yeah, because I think that's what makes it unique, you know? I mean, to try to explain it to somebody else who's going to be trying to do it as polished. Whereas, you know, I kind of think it's part of it's the actual, you know, curiosity and interest in getting stuff off a of Craigslist to begin with, which is what you have. You're right. You're right. Now, listen, don't... I mean, the American Pickers didn't go out and get two guys that 
look good to do it. They got two guys that actually do do that job, you know? You're right. That's true. That's true. Okay. All right. So I'm going to leave open the possibility of of being in, being in front of the camera on it. Uh, and here's yeah. this is what I've learned. The beauty of, of television production is it doesn't matter that we live in different places because they fly people around to do shit all the time. And they shoot more than yeah. one episode in a sitting, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like Jeopardy, how they shoot multiple games right. in so the day. So you come up here for a week, we shoot four or five episodes. Yeah, and obviously when you're doing Craigslist stuff, I mean, it's not like it takes three hours to... I mean, it might take three hours of duration of getting everything done, but it's not... Actually, doing stuff doesn't take a long no, time. it's all you know? set up and shit. And this is, you know, this yeah. is more of like reality um, TV that the setup is is more forgiving, you know. So, yep. All right, done deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna all write right. up the uh, the treatment to that, and I will um, I'll submit that, and hopefully uh, hopefully my buddy yeah. digs it. Nah. Yes. Now you know what I think. I came up with this idea. I, I kicked around this idea of shooting a pilot myself as a, as a as a conceptual okay. vehicle, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Just to kind of. To kind of show what it would look like, as opposed to, as opposed to just um, writing up some type of treatment. I don't know if that's feasible or not, but um, we're off to a good start. Yeah, we'll see what your yeah, boy says. No, you're right. Yeah, I mean, he might say, "Well, I'd like to see what you know, what it looks like executed." All right, cool. All right, done. We're in. We're in show business. All right, good deal, man. No, I, I, dude, I'm all aboard with something like that, right, cool. you know. All right, done. Maybe we can, uh, we get it. Not only do we get it financed, to get get a little, a little green for our action. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, four years later or three years later, whatever. Four years later, <laughs> finally got to start paying <laughs> off. <laughs> Well, here's the good news is that the... It's hard to believe, four years. 2013, right? Yeah, that's when it started. uh, We recently uh, passed our four-year anniversary, which was November 11th. Because it was November 2013. A month ago uh, today. But we were holding off on episode 150 being our our grand... Yeah, well, we're on 149 today, right? uh, Next week will be... um, our anniversary edition. Is it going to be like a clip show like they do on TV? <laughs> so I was looking, I, I, I kicked around that idea of putting together some clips and I looked back uh, through our catalog and one of our earlier episodes, it was like episode 12 or episode 11, we put together a clip show. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Ten episodes in, right? A clip show, right? Uh, uh, not even around long enough to yeah. have to be reminiscing, and we're already yeah, reminiscing. There were like three bits on it, which were actually pretty funny bits. But um, 
Remember this <laughs> throwback to two months ago. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> good. Maniacs. All right, man. Well, then on that note, with apologies to right. Chris, brother, we will see you guys in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> happy Viva Baruba. <laughs> 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 <Right on. laughs>